Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. Magic is power. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry. Me. What's up, Jerry? Not much, Pat. Happy December. It's December. Woo! Yeah, I mean, well, technically it's the 30th of November, but they'll be listening to this, uh, you know, in the early week of December. And uh, and yeah, man, we made it through Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving, dude? It was wonderful. It was you, you it get was... together with all the family, and everyone traveled in, and you guys get hugged and got real close and enjoyed each other's company, and were real Americans for a minute. Uh, no, I said no, Fucking coward. <laughs> no to you, plague rats out there. <laughs> we we were gonna go to my aunt's house because it was. She said it was like, oh, it's just gonna be us, and then you guys kind of like, all right, that's like six people that's manageable and then you're like oh by the mm-hmm. way this person's coming and this person and they're bringing their girlfriend and they're bringing their husband and then i'm like all right no we're not going anymore <laughs> so my family my family ex that we said we said no to karen and her plague playground ways. <laughs> <laughs> what do, what do we say to the god of death pat not today I, karen i'm not coming yeah, I, to thanksgiving <laughs> i suppose i suppose if you that i mean yeah okay that's one way to go about it. I enjoyed Thanksgiving with my family, so it was a good time. Yeah, I had it with you know my my parents. We we kept it small, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same. We didn't have a bunch of people traveling, but it was all good. My brother came up from Tennessee and uh, got the siblings together on uh, on Friday and did a hike in the woods on Friday. It was the weather was pretty decent, so got all the co- all the all the young cousins together, which is a lot of fun. So yeah, it's kind of weird. All those plague doctors were hanging around though. <laughs> I don't know. I live in the, I live in the woods, bro. I don't live in the city like you do. We don't have to deal with that kind of stuff. <laughs> no, I'm pretty we don't get we don't get sick out here, man. Pretty sure germs are universal. <laughs> pretty sure. Oh yeah, germs germs are universal, but people susceptible to those germs are that's that's city folk. They don't, they don't oh, grow them like that in the country, bro. I see. That's not how it works. I see. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just want to put it out there that leaving the legacy is going to be looking for a new uh, co-host when uh, Pat expires. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, mean, when, you, when, you, when you inevitably collapse from ha- not having an immune system from not getting outside your house. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to take bets. We're going to take bets from the listeners. Which which one, me or Pat, who who outlives the other? <laughs> the, the, the... <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have a tontine pat we're gonna have a tontine this, we're gonna put all the, our this is the all next, our magic the cards raffle yeah we're gonna get a t- uh, leaving a legacy tontine everyone puts all their dual lands together and then the last one of us to survive gets the pot it's gonna be awesome <laughs> <laughs> definitely not gonna spawn off some like murder mystery hijinks as uh people try to claim the tontine for themselves <laughs> i so i i will fully disclose i don't know what a tontine is you keep saying that word like i know what it is and i'm gonna i'm just gonna consider that's disrespectful that you're using words i don't understand so uh, a tontine like- is a is a scheme where everyone is will- that like what luke climbs in in, in star wars 
No, no, that's a tauntaun. Okay. A tauntaun is where everyone will buy like life insurance on each other and then co- collect on the life insurance, and it's oh, that's what like H H Holmes did. Yeah, and it's a it's it, the whole thing's boring. But the reason why it's known is because all these like murder mysteries and whodunits use it as a plot device as to like why people are murdered. So like all these shows, like Archer did an episode on it, and all these other like shows will have something where it's like someone's a member of a tauntaun. It's like everyone's trying to kill me for the insurance. <laughs> money <laughs> so we're gonna do that except it's gonna be with dual lands and i'm sure it's gonna be totally fine <laughs> yeah that sounds legit to me we're not going to inspire anyone to you know murder someone over a uh, underground sea <laughs> yeah i don't we don't have to worry about that yeah hey so uh what listen we got two great guests on this week uh we're not gonna bury the lead any more than we've had to we got the waiting the wings jerry why don't you introduce our guest this week for us uh we have guests this week we do. Yeah, I, yeah. You you decided you couldn't take an episode with just me <laughs> and you figured you had to water me down. So you brought you brought <laughs> you brought some people to water it down. Although although one of our guests is gonna heat it up, I think. So we'll we'll see. I thought they we'll were see. just here to hang out. We got we got our good friends from the base department. We have uh Mr. <laughs> Thomas Smiley and Ian McCune. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Yeah, Jerry, Jerry and Pat had to have us on because Jerry found out that Pat had like a legitimate Thanksgiving dinner traveling, and like our listeners are not going to like this. So let's make sure Ian comes on. So we're going to take no heat. I didn't for, know if Pat was going to make. I didn't know if Pat was going to make it. I didn't know. You know, this day and age, he was exposed to all those you know Tennessee germs. I feel I feel stronger than ever, Jerry. I really do. Stronger than ever. Listen, you guys are running that auction on on who's going to live longer. I have a great idea. Instead of running it like your normal auctions on Leaving a Legacy, you should hire Dominion and uh, have them count the votes for you. <laughs> I think that would uh, that would make it more it's about legit It's about legitimizing it, right? That's what it's all about. Yes, yeah. exactly. There, there can be no doubt that, what, that what's going to happen is going to happen. I don't, I don't get that reference, mm-hmm. but I'm going to assume it was meant to rile me up, so I'm going to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> you won't find it on Reddit. <laughs> I see. You know what the he worst says as he of, swigs like, whiskey from a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> is that bullet? You enjoying bullet today? No, bro. This is speaking of watered down. This oh, is that's oh, this is McGillicuddy. Like McGill- Why is the McGillicuddy's in a lime green liquid in a? Uh, is that McGillicuddy's whiskey? This is forty one point five proof, which is the max proof you can find in Ohio without going to a state run. <laughs> that store. is insane. But you can buy like beer at like yeah, every bro. grocery store, can't you? Every single no, every fucking yeah. store, Toy gas stores. station, anything. So, so <laughs> yeah. Ohio is about the beer, right? That's what it's about. How how have you enjoyed your time out there, man? Because I've been out to Ohio a couple times and I've enjoyed myself thoroughly, but that was only for like a long weekend at a time, so. That's right. Didn't you say that your wife, you and your wife, had friends in? Cleveland? Yeah, we. So yeah, so we when we went on our um, our honeymoon, we met this couple from Cleveland, and we hung out with them the whole week. We were down in Jamaica, and uh, became really good friends with them. Still are friends with them. We went out there a few times to visit them. We uh, they came out here to Boston once or twice. We've been out there to see them, and uh, we had a blast when we were out in Cleveland. Man, it was a good time. Oh, that's yeah, sick. We bro. enjoyed it. I yeah, I didn't know that until I was out here already. But it's uh, dude. Honestly, it's I have no idea what to think of this place. Like I, my it, my whole perception of it has been colored by this lockdown, of course, now, yeah. or various stages of lockdown. Like it's it's as intense as it's ever been right mm-hmm. now, actually. But uh, it was pretty intense when we got here. Then it lightened up a little. But basically, it's it's sort of like just like being in Boston because I wasn't doing shit anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know? Yeah. Except now you're, you just have a huge house. Now. <laughs> yeah. Now your living costs are way lower. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I, I haven't even put money in our, our rent account at all. And it's just still has money in it. Somehow. I remember going out there and looking at, so it was, it was, uh, just after we, we bought our house. So like we went, we got married in 2010, bought a house in 2011 and then went out to visit them like that summer. And um, we had we I think we paid like one sixty five for this house that we have now, which like it was back in twenty eleven, so it's worth significantly more now, which is great. But I remember going out to yeah. Ohio and seeing houses that were the same that we bought at, and we, you know we're in like the woods, so like there's not nearly the kind of like hike that there is out like towards Boston area, but just the size of like house and like you know the neighborhoods you get in in Ohio. Uh, for the same amount of money we paid for in this little podunk town in Massachusetts was crazy. Like you get like a house at like twice, like a McMansion basically for what we paid for the house here. So it's pretty wild. Yeah. Or, or a lakefront, a little, not a, not a mansion on the lake, but like a lakefront yeah. property. For yeah, exactly. Show. So how's the legacy? Have you been able to see the legacy scene in Ohio at all? Or have you just been like, no, I've only been in one store and actually that store had a, an old school tournament, but no legacy. Mm. So I, I really haven't found anything. I've heard about stuff uh, going on in like Columbus or some place called Parma, but not in Cleveland specifically. No. So that's actually where my friend, my friends live was in. Well, I don't know if they still live there, but when they had bought their house in Parma, which is not too far outside Cleveland. Oh, nice. Is No, I guess it's like 40 minutes. Yeah. Maybe. yeah. Is, Parma, is Parma like a homestead or something? Like, is that where you circle the wagons up? No, it was actually like the whole neighborhood's built like in the 40s and 50s. You can tell like uh, all the houses are like post World War II. Like the, the neighborhoods are just set up like it looks like uh you you are right, you've seen the show The Wonder Years. It looks like that neighborhood, like exactly <laughs> that neighborhood. It's it's so awesome. It's just great. super super developed and super de- yeah, but not like it's not like developed like where you see like in Boston where it's like all triple deckers and or or you know brownstones or like in Worcester where it's all triple deckers. It's like they're all single family homes but like built like within the same like decade span. They all have like the same kind of like like they're just it's just like the whole area was just chopped up into like evenly divided lots and the the houses were all built in a similar fashion. It's just it's very like you just don't see that out here. Like because this this land has been developed so, you know, it, it's over such a long period of time whereas like out there like steel mills popped up and you had all these places like developed like I said within like the same like 10 to 15 year span. So it, the the neighborhoods are just very different. Um it's very it was very suburb out there when I was there. It's not horse paths. Exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, you excuse me. You, cow paths. Cow paths. Yeah. You, you go through. You cow go through, like, Yeah. If you've been in Boston, like it's a nightmare to drive through Boston because it's it has like that. It's the wagon wheel, right? It's that wagon wheel that like Boston basically works like in a spiral out from the center. New York's the same way. Like those old, well, like old style New York was the same way. Like it's not it's not all grid patterns, you know? I got you. Yeah, for sure. One of the things, though, I didn't really know about was, like, the Rockefellers and all that stuff mm-hmm. with Cleveland. I didn't really know that history yep. about that. And, like, there, there's – when I'm driving, like, I, I sort of go a different way every time just to, like, see different neighborhoods. And there's, like, Millionaire's Row and there, there's, like, some serious old mansions yeah. here. And, like, there's so many different architectural styles. But I didn't realize how much of our – elites i don't know what you want to call them our elite class actually lived in cleveland at the turn mm-hmm. of the century well steel, steel city and, right like the center of industry right so yeah and all the shipping all the trade between like canada mm-hmm. and the u.s occurred mm-hmm. here uh 
just because because of I guess the the lake access and everything, it was just sort of a a good spot between New York and Chicago. Hmm. I don't know. There's a lot of mansions though, man. It's Have you crazy. been to the uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I've even. Are seen you like it. a music? Are you big into music, or is that not like your scene? I used to, yeah, I used to like music before. So, so, so you, if you like, uh, I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, man, and like I continuously got goosebumps seeing a lot of the shit that was there. So, if you're into music, uh, I highly recommend going there. Um, it was, it was a great experience. Obviously, it's probably not super open right now, but uh, when things get back to normal and we all get the Bill Gates vaccine, definitely hit that up. So the way you felt at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is. The way I felt when uh, Jeff Hoogland on Twitter is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, you got like you got tears welled up in your eyes. Yeah, for sure. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <right>. exactly. <laughs> can I just can I can I just make a second episode in a row where I just say fuck Jeff Hoogland? Is that all right? Or Jerry, you gonna make you gonna make our editor cut that out? He's uh, he's actually our guest next week, Pat. Yeah, <laughs> I will I will quit the podcast. For sure. I don't know why you don't like uh, Jeff Hoogland. I can't be. I can't believe you're saying that sentence. Like, how, how does that come out of your mouth? And you don't like. That's insane to me. He's he's just a. Uh, he's almost as bad as Ross Merriam. That was so awesome hearing that last <laughs> week. Or was it? That was last I week. So. Right? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> I was dying. So so Tom, how much how much WoW are you getting uh, played on the podcast when you record? It's it, it's pretty impressive the amount you get on the so, format. So right right now, none. I'm taking this seriously. <laughs> I'm on leaving a legacy. So I'm. I'm actually paying attention. You can't hear the button clicks. But this week is a big week. Nax is being released. And I have like a huge conversation with a bunch of people who I play with because we all found out each other play Magic and a bunch of them play Legacy. And we just have like a like an hour-long posting spree of old cube decks and, and us shooting the shit about it. So uh, I had had that nostalgia it, kick in. It is it was funny nice. seeing the crossover because I get that with Eve all the time where I'll be playing Eve with people and it'll come up about Magic. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, I play Magic. And then like... Everyone else is like, oh, I play Magic too, and just like Magic is like the unifier of all these other geeky hobbies. It's the thing that like, if yeah. you are if you enjoy one nerdy thing, you are probably also a Magic player. Is the way it feels. So what I I'm like I'm in like a pretty pretty competitive group of people who I play with, and when we started to talk about this, I was like, oh yeah, like yeah, like I, I've done pretty well in some Star Cities. Like here are some like video clips of me. And the next guy shoots back, oh, yeah, here's my Grand Prix top eight. <laughs> and this other guy shoots back, like, oh, here's here's me on camera at Grand Prix uh, Seattle playing Legacy. I'm like, oh, shit, like, these guys, these guys yeah. aren't scrubs. Like, they're, they're for sick. real. So, yeah, we might we might have one of them on oh, the cast nice. coming up. We tie, tie the Montana magic community <laughs> can into you, it. Can you tell me, nice. like, I know you've talked about it a little bit on, on your show, but, like, I mean, th- th- and obviously this is going to be a, an episode that's less magic and more of us hanging out, which, which are my favorite ones, but... Can you tell me like what got you back into WoW? Because you were super into WoW for a long time, and then wasn't that like a? I was. And they they re released like a classic uh, version of the game, right? And that just it just roped you in. Yup. Okay. So uh, the the end of last summer, I ended up like uh, having to go have surgery on my appendix, so I was laid up for a little bit. I was in the hospital, and before that, I had all the old people that I used to play with because I used to like I used to play a lot for the first three expansions. And uh, they were all shooting me messages on Facebook, like, hey, listen, like, we're getting the team back together. And I was like, no, <laughs> we're getting the team back together. I can't do it. Yeah, I got I got other things to do. I can't I can't be spending that many hours doing this again. Like, there's no way I could go do that. And uh, I I was basically in a bed for like a week and a half, 
out of work for a little bit too so i was at home and i was like let me just fire it up let me see how everybody is doing <laughs> and then uh i played i was playing like a decent amount then mm-hmm. covid hit and i had all that time and i was like i know what to do with all this free time <laughs> and uh one grand marshal later we're here <laughs> so yeah. you're you're back on a hardcore then are you like staying up late to raid and like uh well i raid like before i raided west coast mm-hmm. times too so basically um nine to midnight okay and that's that's basically what we're doing now so it's not the worst um that's kind of like my sleep schedule anyway yeah yeah yeah, that's pretty reasonable, you know, actually. You know, in Eve, yeah. they have a saying about WoW, and I think it holds true for Magic as well. Uh, it's uh, when a player quits Eve or Magic to play WoW, the average intelligence of both groups goes up. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just had to just had to get that dig in, Tom. <laughs> mm. I I understand it. Like I I still I go back and forth. Like I'm going to uh, I think I'm going to go cube draft with my friends either next weekend or the weekend after. So, like, I'm still around. I'm just not really playing Magic Online. That's that's really it. Because yeah. obviously nobody's playing paper. Right. Honestly, right. Magic Online is probably the only reason why I'm still playing Magic. Like, yeah, yeah, I play, like, the paper webcam games every now and then, but that is not nearly enough to keep me, you know, involved in the game and in the meta. Like, if it wasn't for Magic Online, like, I would probably play little to no Magic. Yeah, I really, I really just like like the traveling to the events and going to the larger events with groups of people and like having that common thing about like, hey, we're going to this tournament, we're going to plan for it, we're going to go have a good time. That's like that. I can't wait for all of this to sort of sort of get over with and and Jeremy to have his tournament that we all go to. I'm super oh, yeah. excited for for whatever he's sending me in the mail. Yeah. I guess uh, I guess we'll see later in the week, but um, but yeah, I'm, that's what I miss the most yeah, for sure. Yeah. How much? How, so, if you're gonna guess, and this is completely like a, a complete guess, what month do you think the first Grand Prix is gonna take place? 2022. Ooh. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure there's gonna be another Grand Prix. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they just scrap Grand Prix. I mean, there's gonna be large Magic tournaments, whether they're Grand Prix or something else, or if like Wizards just does right. something completely different, but. So, are we like splitting hairs between like a Grand Prix and a Magic Fest? Like, no, I realized okay. that that was a thing, but no, I, I just meant like, I mean, they're still selling shit, right? They're still selling. They have their secret lair sales model now of like direct mm-hmm. to to person. They have their master sets. They have their commander legend sets and all this stuff, and they're still doing their normal releases. And if the cards are still selling, that that kind of lends credence to the argument that you don't need these these high level competitive events right yeah so that's that's a good point i'm just curious if like if to me like magic like the magic cons- like consumption right like the consumption of of product like actual physical product to me is like a machine right it's like a it's like a train and i think this is just this again this is a completely uneducated guess and based on my gut instinct which is un- entirely could be incorrect but it feels to me that like right now they are like uh th- like still like capitalizing on the momentum of what was War of the Spark and all these like big sets that came out that kind of tipped the game on its on its side for a while. And I'm curious to see if like that would keep up. Like like w- there is no incentive for people to buy paper product right now, really, right? Like so, if well, there's fear I, there's I, fear I, of missing out, right? Like all the secret layers that they're releasing, you have like one totally. weekend yeah, but to that buy can't, them. That can't last forever, um, right? Like I. 
that's kind of my point is like how long are people going to buy these sets based on just like this is what I do when new sets come out like I buy these cards but like how hard is it right now to to sell paper cards it's not super easy like every time I've listed cards on like sick deals or like the Japanese singles pages uh, they sell pretty quickly and I've had zero luck selling some like cards like pretty good prices on those pages right now Wow. Um, Wait, so I'd be interested to see if like I heard two opposite things. Are you saying it's easy to sell cards or not easy to sell cards? No, I'm saying it's difficult to sell cards. Yeah, like, well, I think the secondary market well, is, is very slow. Right I, now. I also think the secondary market is slow right now. But also keep in mind, you're selling like Japanese legacy cards. The market for those are very small, like any for sure, for sure. But, like, right. Yeah. hundred percent. But yeah, I would also say like, yes, people are still buying cards, but I don't think anyone's like buying tournament decks right now. And that's really I, I think like commander and legacy sales are doing fine because we were never inspired that much by tournaments anyways like the legacy players and commander players like they're more playing buying cards for their personal use i definitely think like the standard card sales are probably through the floor right now right yeah i'm just i'm curious to see if like we see a a big slump coming in like quarter one quarter two for magic in general like i just I, I agree with Tom. Like, there's a lot of, like, fear of missing out. Like, secret layer drops, you don't want to miss out on them. And, like, even Jerry and I have talked about buying, bo- like, boxes of of cards when they come out. Like, the, uh, I don't know, whatever the one with the old borders is. But at- I, I just bought a box of Commander Legends to draft it with my friends. Yeah, so... So, so I mean, you know, like, there there are people... Yeah, listen, Ian, Ian is giving me a face right now. They asked <laughs> me to. Because we... So, when we get together to cube, we usually buy, like buy a box of whatever the new set is and draft that before we cube. So it was my turn to pick up a box. So I have a, I have a box of Commander Legends sitting over there Sick. somewhere. Nice. nice. I'm, I'm just... It's actually fun, I, I gotta say. I, I, as much as I hated it. Uh, I hate it on Magic Online because I've won all of my pods and yet I only have four <laughs> points because there's some stupid voting system that is worth more than winning the game. What is this? Yeah, bu- can we talk about what how- is this bullshit? That, that is like the. Yeah. <laughs> what bullshit is this that winning the game is not worth more points than just being the winner of the popularity contest? Well, welcome. This is going to be the issue that brings Ian and Jerry <laughs> welcome together. To the, yeah. Welcome the to the new left, Jerry. Issue. That's the pussification of. <laughs> America right there, my friend. Enjoy it. Taste it. Do you like it? No, I don't like it. I'm like I'm crushing can you, can you imagine, I'm crushing can you imagine, these noobs. Like can you imagine like prize support is determined by who you want to jerk off the most? Like how awful is that? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh he had a, oh that uh it just that to me is like it whew. Commander's effect on on the game in general has been, in my opinion, pretty pretty uh pretty awful. Like I think it's I think it's Oh, I don't know. I don't know about oof. that. I think I think it's I think it's pushed out some some like design mistakes. I think that it's been I think that like that mentality I think is just I'm not a fan of it, man. I'm a fan of it being a, a competitive game, I'm not a fan of it being uh a, yeah. a, a big group hug. Yeah, I, I just, mean there's it's not my thing. The commander generation and its consequences have been a disaster for the magic. I mean, you I can, agree. You I can think, say that I, as like about a that. culture thing, but as a business model, commander is probably the reason why magic is doing as well as it is. Like 100%, 100%. Yes. I I understand that those two things are are at opposing ends for sure. Um I think that commander is extremely lucrative for wizards because why else will they have why else will they have made like a third party like player like a uh, like player organization that determines like rules and bannings it's not in, wi- well, it not makes, in wizards hands like isn't that that's an insane thing to me well it also makes like a, a ton of unplayable single player cards playable yes. like having different markets like that takes the cards that you put out and gives them more demand because like 
eight drops aren't going to see play in standard, but you can take a look at that as a commander card and be like, wow, people might like yes. this for that. Yeah, format. 100%. So. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I, I completely will admit to the fact that, like, what is what is good for the culture of the game is not necessarily what is, you know, or what is best for the, you know, for the the pocketbooks at Watsy. So, um, but yeah, I just, I, I, I think Ian kind of nailed on the head there. I think the 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 mentality of commander is is I think is bad for competitive magic, but that's just that's just me. And yeah, for the record, I I do agree with you, Pat, about the Grand Prix being necessary. I just think that they don't see it right now. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll see what happens. I, I could see them putting like a really big, like welcome back Grand Prix together. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the turnaround time is on planning an event like that, but if it looks like if it looks like the shots are all available by like by March or April, and most people have them, I could see them planning something like for August, like a big event mm-hmm. with multiple formats at the end of the summer. How how amazing would that I, be? It would be awesome, but I don't see Watsi being the ones to take that step. I Watsi are going to be cowards in this regard. They're going to wait to see professional sports are going to come back first. Concerts are going to come back first. When those are back, then Watsi will think about having Grand Prix. And also, Watsi's going to let uh, local TOs like Jeremy and you know us and other people throw regional tournaments because honestly Watsy doesn't want the bad news of them throwing a grand yeah. prix and then people catching covid at a grand prix yeah. and that being such yeah the bad press is yeah so yeah yeah well that's why i'm saying like i think six months yeah. out is like is a fine timeline to be able to to not have to worry mm-hmm. about that I guess I trust I trust the vaccines a little bit more. I don't think it's going to matter because I I am like at like forty percent sure that the vaccine's going to pull a uh, is going to pull a uh, I am legend and everyone who gets the vaccine is going to turn into a vampire. <laughs> I, I'm putting that at forty percent forty percent likelihood. I mean, with the, with there's the amount no, of socialists there's in no this country, testing. Jerry, you tell me there's not enough vampires already. <laughs> oh like, man, what are you talking about. <laughs> I guess those aren't really vampires. Those are more leeches because, like you know. <laughs> Vampires aren't there for the long haul. How do I kick Pat from the call? (laughs) Hey, you want to hear something? Pat is tapped in right now. Uh, No, I listened today. uh, I listened to a three and a half hour three and a half hour interview with John Mackey, and your old boss. uh, Yeah, yeah, my old boss, exactly. And uh, if something wants, yeah, if if the guy who created Whole Foods is more like the guy could not be more hard for capitalism than than like anyone else you can think of. So. If that guy can be super into the, into the capitalist uh, state of mind, then I think uh, I think uh, I think anyone should be. That that does. I mean, you you have to be the silver. Yeah, I'm like what? what I, I don't. I'm not understanding this logic. First, like, first of all, avocados are not three fifty. Second of all, the only reason why avocados are so inexpensive is because of, because of free trade agreements like NAFTA. So you should be thanking uh, Bill Clinton for things like NAFTA. That's why your avocados are so cheap. Right, Jerry. I, you like jump through so many hoops. Like I don't even know which one to back through first. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like I'm just saying. Like when you allow countries to, you know, when you allow free trade to happen, countries are able to develop, produce what they are best, m- most efficient at developing and and creating. Right. So, like Mexico makes avocados. Like Canada makes beer. Like bear pelts. And, and like, America's really good at uh, uh, prospering off of other nations' work. Yep, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I'm pretty sure avocados cost more than three fifty. <laughs> Did you know that name oh, yeah, before you listened to the episode? I, heard it. Yeah, it's, it's, I never heard that. Yeah, it's an old. That's an old like an old joke. Uh, yeah, it's fairly. Yeah, it's it's pretty common. Uh, I used to. I, it was great working there, and then they got then they got bought out by Bezos, and I thought that was uh, that's that was about the time I decided to get the hell out of there because I thought it was a bad a bad vibe. Oh, the the capitalist move the. 
the ma- major capitalist move or when capitalists bought out another capitalist is why you decided to quit, Pat? Well, I decided to quit because the culture the culture changed pretty significantly uh, and like benefits. Yeah. So I was like, get I got out of that. Uh, they, and because oh, yeah. because you live in a free society where I'm allowed to use my and, where I'm allowed to sell the labor of my hands, I, I I'm in a better career now where I make more money and have better benefits. So. Wage slavery. Thank you. Huh? What? Wage slavery. <laughs> Says the fucking stockbroker, you cunt. <laughs> so how's No Not November going for you guys? I don't participate. I don't, I don't per- <laughs> you, you peeking right now? <laughs> I don't like the faces that Ian is making. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was pretty intense. That was pretty intense. Uh, Tom's actually allergic to peanuts, so he's No Nut always. <laughs> 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 or is it, is it tree nuts? Because no. I can't, it, I can't edit, I can't edit myself on this podcast. So is it, tr- is it what, tree what nuts? Was it? Actually, yeah. Post, post vasectomy, right? <laughs> <laughs> nope, we're not. We're not gonna say anything. Um, what was the best thing you had on Thanksgiving, Jerry? What was the best dish you had? This oh, year? Uh, probably the prime rib. Prime rib. Yeah. Okay. Prime rib was pretty baller. That's pretty good. I, also, my contribution to the family Thanksgiving was I made uh, fried mac and cheese balls. Those were pretty good. All right, Pat's not a fan of fried mac and cheese balls. Apparently, uh, I don't like mac. I don't like mac and cheese in general. I think it's a pretty overrated dish. I, I like uh, baked mac and cheese too. To me, is I've never had a baked mac and cheese where I'm like, this is an upgrade over craft mac and cheese. I always find baked mac and cheese to be like a bit of a of a, of a letdown. I just want to say that there's a reason that when we have people join the Facebook group, and one of the questions is, is who is your favorite podcast host? Why, uh, why no one ever puts Pat because of <laughs> controversial <laughs> opinions like mac and cheese is bad what no 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 i didn't say mac and cheese is bad i just i just think that it's one of those dishes where the more effort you put in the less satisfying it is like the what makes like craft mac and cheese so good is that it takes zero effort and it tastes great but like when i've made like a baked mac and cheese and like fucking hand shredded gruyere cheese and like gotten like aged cheddar and like really gone balls deep in it and it's just like it's just like okay and so to me, it's like it's one of those things where like the 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 effort is not. Uh, That's why not you do the, fried the, mac and cheese balls, Pat. You literally just take mac and cheese, cover them in batter, drop them in a fryulator, and now you have delicious bite-sized handheld fried mac and cheese. All right, a I, fryulator. <laughs> All right, is that a real thing? <laughs> you don't know what a fryulator is. No, Have you, you, it's like a deep fryer, before we right? started recording, you were talking about how you go to a fast food restaurant restaurant at least once a once a day, Ian, and you don't know what a fry later is. Yeah, but what, I feel like you just Star Trekified a deep fryer. <laughs> That's what a fry later is. Like you go to any any fast food restaurant, the thing they're making the French fries in is a fry later. Okay. What, what about you, Ian? Did you uh, did you have anything great for uh, Thanksgiving? No, we uh, well we yeah we got a a fried turkey. Oh, we did fried. At uh, at Popeyes. Wait, <laughs> and, you Popeyes uh, sells fried turkey? <laughs> yeah, bro. Like a, Yo, like a Popeyes. Whole Popeyes doesn't sell fried turkey. Popeyes runs fried <laughs> turkey, bro. The I waited over an hour in the drive-through line, bro. The drive, they're like, yeah, we got twenty-two cases. We're almost out. I don't know how many how many are in is a it case, a, I assume is it a, a full thousand. turkey? Yeah, it was a full turkey. Damn. So they handed you was it like a, was they it handed egg? you a full turkey through the drive-through window. That's forty-four bucks. Holy yeah. shit! Through, through the drive-through window, they handed you a fried a full fried turkey and a number two. <laughs> yeah. 
What about? I got hungry while I was waiting in line. Even though I stopped at Taco Bell before going to Popeyes and ate the Taco Bell while I was waiting in Bro. line, I was still like at the window. I was like, oh, my you have oh, fully embraced the fucking Ohio culture, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Ohio culture is waiting in a. I, I didn't even know this happened, but do you know about double lines around drive throughs No. I'd never seen this in mass, bro. The Chick-fil-A in the the one like near me, you never get in line at the drive-thru. You get in double line. Like it's it's like a double rainbow across you know, around the Chick-fil-A. So what the line the line gets so long like, it like wraps like a conch shell around the Yeah, it laps itself and then That it to me is again. a failure of capitalism right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there should, there should be a second Chick Fil A across the street. Like, uh, if it was really an efficient market, that's what would happen, Pat. <laughs> I mean, it is an efficient exactly. market. I mean, well, well, here's the thing, Jerry. Uh, double rainbow Chick Fil A does not sound like an efficient market to me. Well, listen, listen, people. If listen, if if people are willing to wait in that line, then then it is efficient, right? Once people stop waiting in that line and choose to take their business elsewhere, then it's no longer efficient. But if the consumer is willing that's to, not efficient, to wait Pat. in the line that wraps... That's not efficient, Pat. Jerry. Those people could be at the factory putting in some extra hours for their uh, overlords, <laughs> but instead they're waiting in line at Chick-fil-A. They're, this is terribly they're probably inefficient. All, they're probably all YouTubers, and they're just uh, filming their experience of sitting in a Chick-fil-A line. <laughs> well, that's the thing, too. There's no, like, what with the squawk box or whatever when you get up there. There's people that come and knock on the window of your car and take your order, like write it down in pencil, and then what you just drive. That's through. awesome. That doesn't, so it's like the line does go really. That doesn't fast. sound very uh, COVID friendly to me. It's like literally the one way to get food without interacting with people, and they go and uh, come up to your car and make you roll it's, down the it's window. It's wild to me, bro. But it's Chick Fil A, though. God protects it's, you. It's, <laughs> It's wild to me that like that's your concern and not like people handling your food and breathing all over your food. It's like yeah. someone coming up to your window and taking your order is like is like the point of contact where you're like, whoa, that's way too much. Well, that's person Meanwhile, to person. There's some dude that's who's getting paid person. minimum wage to fucking shuttle like these turkeys Pat, would in you, and out of the fryer Pat, that you're worried about. Pat, would you rather like sit in a seat that someone spit on or would you rather someone spit in your mouth? Which one would you rather? <laughs> I mean, I usually pay extra to have someone spit in my mouth, so I guess if I'm getting that for free, I'll take it. That's what we call it a bonus. Uh, t- Tom, uh, how about you, Tom? Tom's what was, falling what was asleep the best thing you have defending to- me here. <laughs> no, I, it's, I can't, I can't, I can't defend that. I'm like usually, usually I'm right there with Jerry on a lot of things that I just, I don't know. Jamie, pull up on right.com. <laughs> um. But to talk about like the I don't know like having somebody come up to your to your um, window and take an order, I went to Treehouse right before Thanksgiving to uh, to pick up beer for people who were coming mm-hmm. over, and they did like this whole thing right like in the morning they do online ordering, you go to the brewery, no window down, you hold your phone with the receipt up to your closed window, mm-hmm. they bring it out to you and then leave, <laughs> then you get. <laughs> Then you get out of your car and throw everything in. That uh, is efficient. That is trunk. efficient, and that is how yeah. it should be done. So, and for the Thanksgiving thing, though, uh, I like I went way too overboard for the amount of people that I had at my house. I like I cooked the same amount that I usually do for like like two and a half times as mm-hmm. many people. But uh, this was the first year that I like specifically went digging for like okay, here are like the Thanksgiving sides I want. Here's some new ones. And we did we did a squash that was cooked with cinnamon and brown sugar that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And we did a panko and parmesan crusted green bean that came out like 
I know these are two vegetables I'm talking about right now, but they came out. They came out nice. amazing. Squash Jerry, is not you, a vegetable, bro. <laughs> but yes, I, I, that does sound amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Pat knows. Pat, Pat's that keto life, yeah. bro. Squash is not a vegetable. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm living. I'm living that keto life. I, I wasn't very keto over Thanksgiving, but that's all right. I. Uh, Wait, is is squash something you can't have on keto because there's too much sugar in it? Is oh yeah, dude, it, it's straight up, it's straight okay. up carbs and yeah. sugar, yeah, like yeah. all good delicious yep. things. Hmm. Yeah. Also, you can't talk uh, about. The, I mean, that that does sound like. Yeah, an you amazing can't talk dish. about keto life as you talk about going through a uh, a uh, Popeyes drive-through <laughs> with Taco Bell while in line <laughs> at Popeyes. Bro, well, so it's kind of funny. I got uh, workout equipment finally. My our machine came. Mm-hmm. It took like it was del- like back ordered for like two months, but we finally got our like workout machine. I'm working out like crazy every day, and my diet just went to <laughs> shit as soon as I started working out. Because it's like, what am I gonna diet and work out? Like I gotta give <laughs> other people a chance, you know? I can't just I can't just be so- this fucking. 200 IQ motherfucker, you know, six foot seven, can lift an atlas. Straight up, Chad. Head. Yeah. Well, the, the, I think yeah. the, the thing is, too, is that like when you start working, that's one of the reasons why I haven't worked out yet. It's because I know once I start doing that, my appetite goes insane. Like it gets very difficult to eat enough. So um, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to, to cut and I'm going to probably another 40 pounds and I'll start probably start working out maybe once like uh we get out of like quarantine and all that shit as well yeah bro i saw your haircut picture and i was like holy yeah, shit yeah i've cut like almost almost 60 pounds now in like a little little over three months it's been it's been it's fucking yeah, crazy it's been very bro. uh it's been very productive so i'm, I'm it's been it's been pretty good is actually. that just with your job so. what's that, that just with your job no it's because no I, I mean i haven't i haven't changed anything it's just it's just because i started eating differently i just basically cut carbs out of my out of what I eat, and um, uh, that's pretty much it, honestly. Like my calorie intake is probably a little bit less, but for the most part, it's just cutting out carbs and yeah, watching basically watching what I eat. It's been been good. Been uh, it sucks making breakfast, but other than that, like cutting I feel carbs. Breakfast is would so be the easiest thing to cut carbs because you just make scrambled eggs and bacon every morning. No, it is the food. The food is fine. It's just like having to make it every morning. Like you, you so, know, you, you make your coffee, you make your yeah. Eggs. So I have so I for a while I was like doing like eggs uh, every morning. But well, I don't eat before I go to work. So I, like late, the last like few months we started work at six a.m. So I just don't eat. Oh. I don't eat till we break at nine, and then I'll I what I was bringing for a while was like some hard boiled eggs. But now I just bring like some pepperoni and mozzarella cheese, like like fresh mozzarella yeah. cheese. And I just eat that, and then I just I don't eat until usually at dinner. Like I might have like a protein shake at lunch, but that's about it. Um, and then I just eat. So you're doing like incidental uh, uh, fasting too? But yeah, yeah. Ba- it's basically, inter- 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 I mean, if I want, I could probably skip. Honestly, I could probably not eat until dinner and just do one meal a day if I really wanted to. But I kind of like having something in the morning. So, um, but yeah, the cool thing with keto is that like I don't get I don't get nearly as hungry. Just because you're eating so much fat, like it, it curbs your appetite pretty well, pretty effectively. So, so you haven't fucked with the bulletproof coffee. I don't yet? drink coffee at all. So, like for me, yeah. Oh, I always forget. Yeah. That. So for me, like coffee is not is not like um something that I'm um gonna get get into. Just I, I've just never been a coffee drinker. I, I had coffee like once in my life, and it totally like ble- so I was roofing at the time. This was back in like. 
I was off for like, I think my first summer in college and I was roofing with my buddy and uh, he's like, Hey, you gotta have a coffee. I'm like, all right, I'll take like, he got like a, a large extra extra. So like, I'll take a large ice extra extra. And I just like, it was like 95 degrees. I just spent my whole day shitting in the, in the toilet and in the, in the, in like the, the hot ass Porta John there. And I'm like, I'm never drinking coffee again. Never, ever. That'll yeah, happen. It was yeah. not good. It was, I mean, probably all the heavy cream didn't, didn't help me out in that, in that respect, but. Yeah, that was my first and last attempt at drinking coffee. Coffee with sugar is disgusting, but without sugar, it's it's honestly it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I, I would I would I would try it. I would definitely try it. Something with like heavy cream. Definitely tapped yeah, in for sure. Uh oh. I feel like this is our. Uh, I feel like this is our holiday special. It does. Now. It does feel like that, right? We had that last episode that was sort of like on the cusp of COVID. You remember yes. we made like a lot of uh, predictions <laughs> yes. and a lot of like wild. Uh, well, it was like. It sort was back of, in March, right? Like it was right when. Yeah, that was right when everything was getting sort of yeah, started. Yeah, that was wild, and it, it's. I would. I actually kind of. I might go back and listen to that and just kind of see what our views were at the time, like, because I thought for sure, I thought we'd probably be back to our regularly scheduled programming at some point over the summer, um, at least for a little while, and that just never happened. Things just kind of. I mean, yeah. Well, the like, messaging at that point was like two weeks to to slow the curve or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Flat, flat in the curve. Yeah, we never really. Yeah, it's it, in. Yeah, so it's been a. Uh, it's kind of been wild, man. It, um, I don't know what Jerry's. Jerry blocked his camera and is making a lot of noise over there, but he also is just hitting off like a a hefty sized bag of fucking air vaporized weed. Volcano. Too. Yeah, so <laughs> he might have just straight up died. I don't. Know, I really don't know what's happened on Jerry's side of the mic, but um, yeah, it's it's, yeah. Been, it's been it's been crazy, man. Like um. I just really want things to get back to, you know, back, like get back in the swing of things and, and, uh, yeah, just like start seeing people again, man. It's been, I've, I felt very disconnected from magic. Cause like, if I'm not playing in paper, like, I mean, I've played a couple webcam games and I really enjoy those, but it's very hard for me to like get motivated to play magic in my house. I'd much rather go out and, and do it for me. It's like, it's, it's very much about the social part of it. So. Yeah, I enjoy webcam games in this sort of circumstance where it's just like friends mm-hmm. playing. But I mean, I'm entering this tournament uh, because my friends sort of just entered for me. Uh, it's it's like the dark constructed mm-hmm. webcam tournament that starts on December 22nd. Is that the Neos event that's taking signups? No, no, there are several of those, but this is through uh, some guy named Timmy the Sorcerer, I guess. Mm-hmm. Anyway. The the point that I'm trying to make is like, and we talked about this on our last episode, Tom. I think the, like, you know, people can cheat in these events. Like, I, I don't like playing serious magic over webcam. It just seems like so ridiculous yeah. to me. Like, uh, you know, taking it seriously or whatever. Like, you know, if it's social, it, it's it's one thing. But if you're talking about like playing seriously or or you know like uh, testing meta decks or something, it's just absurd. Yeah. You know, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I could see doing work like testing meta decks if you were prepping for like a Magic Online event or doing something like that. But then, you, I mean, you'd just be playing. With somebody you know. I, mean, I think you can do stuff, invitationals, yeah. I think is what it comes down to. Like, you can be competitive with the people you know and people. Do we want to we wanna raffle off a spot in a Leaving a Legacy Dead format <laughs> invitational tournament that we can all stream? How much, how much money do you think somebody would pay to play in a tournament with us and a few I think select we would friends. have to pay them to show up. <laughs> okay. yeah, probably, I, if we if we right. streamed it, I bet we could probably get people to do it. If we promote it on Parlor, I bet. <laughs> I also I also don't know what that reference is, but I am assuming it is intended to get a rise out of me. 
Every- <laughs> Damn it, Jerry. You need to tap back in, bro. <laughs> Jerry is you need to out figure out, we'll get, out. You need to figure out what's going on. To recount. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Yo, so I don't know. You guys... Pat, you probably played fantasy football at some point in your life. Ba- yeah, back in the day, I did. I, I, I would, I would have played it again this year, but, uh, yeah, I did. I, I've played it once or twice. Yeah, what, why? What are we talking about? So basically, if if Dallas Goder or whatever his name is on Philadelphia scores nine points tonight, I'm gonna lose my matchup this week, and our league this year will have had five scorers over 170 points. Yeah. I'm three of them, and I will have lost two Ooh. of them. So I have the top score, the fourth and the fifth score when I was playing against the second and the third. And score. all of them, you've... like how statistically absurd. I've, so my brother, my bro- actually my brother Eric uh, and his buddies do a fantasy league, and they actually did a podcast last year and released it every week for like just like working the. It was actually like it was like a thirty to forty minute podcast about their fantasy league, and it was I listened to it every week because it was fucking hilarious, and that happened in their league too, where like. You had a couple of guys who like had like these really like breakout games where their teams, you know, sometimes your team just clicks and like you just put up a ton of points and they would lose like uh, in, in like it, it happened multiple occasions. I, I'm I'm curious what the what the probability of that though. It seems very low that yeah. that would happen that often, especially if you're like if you have what do you say three of the top five like highest scoring games in the season, if you've lost two of them. That's Pretty yeah, wild, it's insane. Yeah. It's it's like the only two times I could have possibly lost those games were exactly the people. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, we call it the Silver McCune in our league because I've been so unlucky <laughs> over the last thirteen years. If you if you come in, if you have the second highest score and lose, it's a it's a gold McCune. And if you have the third highest score and lose, it's a silver. They, in my brother's league, they give out a uh, at the end of the year they give out the T Boner Award, and it's basically a Tim Tebow trophy. It has like a Tim Tebow action figure on top, and the person who uh, who has the worst record in fantasy has to display it in their home in a prominent spot until the next season. And it's like one of my <laughs> it's fucking hilarious, dude. The, the, it has like the each each year it has the person and their name on like a bronze plaque in the thing. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Those uh those 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 uh the 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 worst of the worst awards are, I think are the best in uh in fantasy football. You guys need to go hardcore. You need to be like these fantasy football leagues where the loser has to get like an embarrassing tattoo. Nope. Did you guys watch the Tyson fight? Yeah, the the Jake Paul. I, fight. Well, I didn't watch. I, I didn't watch any of them. But yeah, Jake Paul fought Nate Robinson, and then Tyson fought Roy Jones. Yeah. I saw the 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 Paul Robinson replay. Oof. I didn't watch the Tyson so title. so Jake. It was brutal. yeah, Jake Paul for all like you know for however you feel the, about him, and I don't the really YouTube know him other celebrity. Than, ex- hey, yes. he's my he's my homeboy in Cleveland. Now, all right, so fair enough. He's, he's uh he's like he has like some legit amateur boxing skills. Like he's not like you would not want to fucking around. Like if you're not a trained boxer, you don't want to fight this dude. And I don't think Nate Robinson had much in the way of boxing technique, and he just got kind of. He got knocked out three times in the same fight by Jake Paul, and Jake Paul is like not a small bro. Dude. Well, he's he's like got to be. I mean, he he's past his prime, obviously. But like, if you're five eight and become an NBA starter, you're like top ten athletes on the planet, basically. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, he he's insanely quick. He, so he's definitely an athlete. Like he's definitely like in the top percent. Like you know like the top 1% of athletes in the world, right? Probably. Well, maybe not 1%, but he's maybe, maybe, maybe he is. I don't know. Top point zero zero. Totally. Right. So, but he just got, well, here's the thing though. It's like, it doesn't matter. Uh, all right. I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Um, 
back in the day when I was when I was still doing uh, jujitsu, I actually got to train against Glenn Davis from the Celtics. Uh, he came to my gym. He was a buddy of a buddy of mine, and he came to the gym to train with. And like, he's look, Glenn Davis is a lot bigger than me, a lot stronger than me, and it it, and I was still like a fairly new to jujitsu. And it didn't matter. Like it, it didn't matter that he was a much better athlete or really? stronger than me or taller, or like uh, taller than me. It didn't matter because you, we, when you're fighting and you have a technique, and you, and you're against somebody, it, it it takes a lot of natural ability and athleticism to overcome someone who actually knows the technique, especially in the fight game. So, uh, you know, Jake Paul, yeah. someone who is obviously trained a lot and trained enough in boxing to to have like some good hands and he's, he's quick. He's got like a legit jab and I'm not surprised he was able to pick apart a guy like Robinson. Um, yeah, he had a, pro- a professional fight before this. This wasn't his like first foray into right, boxing. Right. So like, yeah, just to say that he's like, okay, there's this YouTube celebrity. Like the guy was legit training to be a boxer before this whole thing yeah, happened. Yeah. So. I mean, he's only 23, but he was, uh, he was like a all state linebacker and a wrestler yeah, in like, high school. So he's got like a lot of, He's he's got he's chops, you know. He was division yeah. one. He was division one at Westlake in mm-hmm. Ohio. So he's like, you know, a, a serious yeah. athlete. Yeah, like, for sure. Uh, not not a Nate Robinson level athlete, but a serious athlete. And he's twenty three, fighting at thirty six. Right. And like I said, it, it it in in boxing in a in a fight sport, like if you don't have the technique, someone who has a you know someone who has six months of training is probably going to lay out someone who has no training, but it might be a freak athlete. Like obviously Nate has a puncher's chance, but it's probably not going to happen. Especially I think Jake Paul is also like six, six something too. So he had a reach advantage over him as well. Yeah. They said, they said he was six. Eating, yeah. So I don't know. So yeah. But yeah, the Tyson fight was lame though. I don't know. No, I didn't get a chance to watch. I mean, I love Mike Tyson. I mean, dude. I think he's great. Yeah, um, they're they're fifty six and fifty three years yeah. old. So they did they did eight rounds, two minutes mm-hmm. a round, and they were locked up for at least two thirds of the yeah. match. Like they they were leaning on each other. You know, they you, you don't have the win. They should have just done one three minute round. And yeah, or like or like because, two two like three two minute rounds, like an amateur MMA fight, or you know three three minute yeah. rounds or that. Yeah, I, I think uh, eight rounds at two minutes is probably a lot to ask of guys who are who are in, are in their fifties. Like, I wouldn't ask Tom to do something like that. I think it's, you know, I might kill the <laughs> might kill the fucking guy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, one one round one round right now would be able to make it. Through. But did you guys hear all the controversy with all the action that was going on? Like, what was it? Fanduel Fanduel put the fight together. Fan was it Fanduel that chose the um, the scores? And they were taking all the action Ugh. and ended up in a draw. There is something there is something weird going on with like betting and betting in sports right now. Like ESPN like blatantly talks about like the over unders and, and games now. And like I haven't watched ESPN probably in ten years now at this point, but like when I heard that that's going on, that makes me very nervous that like uh, a sports like that that it's getting that kind of uh traction and like because for- Yeah, well now everybody can open like their own sports like their sports book yeah. app. So like all the like laws and regulations are changing to where they can talk right. about it now, and they're probably getting quite a bit of money from those companies that are promoting it. So like ESPN's been struggling for mm-hmm. a while. It's not like it's not the same as it was when we right. were kids, for sure. So those, that was back in the heyday of ESPN. Used to be Sports Center used to be so good. I'd watch it in the morning and the you afternoon. You turn it on in the morning and just leave it on the whole day when you're hanging around yeah. the house, and like you just sort of like walk back to the TV and see what's going on as you're doing everything yep, it else. It used to be so good and it's just it's just like I am serious, I haven't watched probably Sports Center in 10 years. Um it's just been been that bad. 
You guys remember when Kurt Cobain was alive? I do. I do remember that. No, I don't. <laughs> no, ESPN's the fucking worst. Yeah, now, bro. Like I, I don't. I don't have cable. Obviously, I'm not watching ESPN. But when I when I have watched it, and we've talked about this before, Tom, but it was just like on my entire mm-hmm. life growing up. Don't forget, basically. ESPN is now owned by Disney, just like everything else you love from your childhood. Yeah, well, at least Disney's doing a good job with the Marvel the Marvel stuff, and. And I kind of like what they're doing with their Star Wars stuff yeah. now. Yeah, can we talk about Mandalorian? Because Mandalorian. Well, all right. Well, before we talk about Mandalorian, before we talk about Mandalorian, can we talk a little bit about? So the Force Awakens. So I know Ian is not super into Star Wars. I know he had to turn off the Ewok one. I think he said, which is like my favorite one from when I was a child. I tried. I, tried, I watched like three yeah, times. I, I, I appreciate the effort. It's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. I get it. Uh, but uh, the newest, like the the new, like uh, seven, eight, and nine. Seven, I really like thoroughly enjoyed. I thought I thought the Force Awakens was a solid movie, and then eight was like felt a little choppy, and then nine to me was I liked it at first, and then I've had the benefit of like rewatching it a few times, and then kind of mulling it over, and I'm realizing that it's probably maybe one of the worst ones they've done. Nine, nine is a train. Well, break. like wha- how? Yeah, watch. I'd rather watch Phantom Menace over nine any day. How do you start to film? A huge, big-budget trilogy like that that's all about this story arc without having the fucking story written before you start making the fucking movies. So the whole thing is about a goddamn fucking story that's supposed to tie together beautifully mm -hmm. in the end. And they were like, fuck, what should we do with this character that we spent two two fucking movies I would like to ask you a question, and this is something that maybe none of us have an answer to, but like Lucas, when Lucas filmed A New Hope, right... He had the entire like Star Wars story sketched out already. Like yes. he understood what was going to happen in the films, right? Dude, he's so he started. Well, there filming were some with things Ford. he didn't know. Like he didn't know Luke and Leia were going to be sisters yet. What's that, brother and sister? Okay, but but he he but uh, what I mean is like he had the arc of yeah. of the rise and fall of Anakin Skywalker kind of like mapped yeah, out. Yeah, because it's just the same. And that's, it's just John Campbell's like story of yes, Euro. hero with a thousand faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but what I'm saying is is like he had that story mapped out. So even though he did not direct the second movie uh he still like the story was still mapped out it it's unusual to me that disney has allowed directors to be kind of like the creative like creative uh force behind the storyline because i don't know if that's to entice them to be more bought into the project or not i can't imagine that's why but like that's the only reason why i can think they're allowing the directors to have that much creative control over the story but like i it, it blows my mind they didn't have that yeah, planned it, out. I, like, like i don't know if it's like to prevent leaks like that's the other thing i thought maybe there was a reason but i don't know I, I couldn't figure out why they did that but it did feel like it did feel like the uh the 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 eighth movie was like this weird it just felt like it was trying to do something different than the seventh, and then the ninth was like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! We got to finish this up," and it just didn't. <laughs> oh feel shit! Like we fucked it together. up. We fucked up so bad. We had we like. I will this? stand by like seven to me. Like Force Awakens to me is like maybe one of my favorite Star Wars movies, and I remember in the theaters being like super amped about it. But the other two, man, like they just felt very messy. But like, but now coming kind of back to the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian is like really 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 outstanding uh, really outstanding. in my opinion well, I mean, the just, best the best stuff they've done is clone wars and rebels and now they're starting to pull like some good arcs yes. from those like things that of, most people wouldn't traditionally get into they'd be like i don't want to watch a kid's cartoon so because like, of dave filoni rebels dave, dave filoni the was the director and the idea man behind the clone wars and rebels and also 
Avatar The Last Airbender, which is one of the best story-driven TV shows ever. Like, I thought that was a movie. Wasn't that the Blue People? I, I'm going to. Oh, have... Pat, Pat, Pat. Let's know. Listen, I let you have your socialism jabs, but if you start messing with Avatar, I'm going to I'm gonna have to throw fists. I'm going to throw fists. <laughs> is, that one, is that like the Area 51 people where they're like, we're going to run at the fences with our arms behind our back and they can't kill us all? It's a... That, I think it's, that, it's, no, God, it's not an anime either. God damn it. <laughs> so, uh, so um, Dave uh, I actually started, and, I watched most of Rebels, uh, and I just stopped watching because my, my son and I, we just like, it, one season ended, we didn't pick up the next one, but I, I would go back and watch it. But I'm actually watching The Clone Wars right now, the animated one, and it's very good. Like, I'm like 10 or 11 episodes into it, and it's really, really, like, surprisingly good. Yeah, because Dave Filoni... And, did was, those and he yes. also directs the Mandalorian. Yeah, so like, like so you have a, a you have a you have a Sokatano like talking about Grand Admiral Thrawn. I'm like, oh sh-, like in this latest episode, spoiler alert, but I don't care. And I'm like, oh shit, like Thrawn, Thrawn's my favorite. That villain. was that was that was a plot point in Rebels. Like that, I was like, that's really cool. And like, <clears throat> yeah, it's um, it's been uh, it's been I mean, and, and seeing like uh, uh, again, like having the Boba Fett armor in uh, in an episode this year, and then seeing Boba Fett in this in the episode. I can't tell you how incredibly like uh Oh yeah, thanks like, for how excited thanks, I was. Thanks by the that, way for spoiling that. that for me in our in our group chat. Pat just posts Boba Fett's back and I hadn't seen the episode yet and I just replied like thanks for the spoilers and you just say it's not a spoiler. And then I'm like, "Oh, okay." And then I watched the episode and it's like that son of a bitch <laughs> spoils it and then lies lies to my goddamn face. Yeah, but 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 see it wasn't see, I found that if you ever spoil something from somebody like, "Ah, oh, no, nah, I'm just playing around." And then they see it and then they don't they're none the wiser, right? Like so No, I was the wiser though. It <laughs> um but yeah the mandalorian has been has been uh just just awesome i've been really and ian i would i would recommend checking that out you don't really need to be super deep in the, into the into star wars i'm telling you it's like um it's like it's like if john wayne was in a was in a, a sci-fi movie that's what it feels like an old western yeah play. he has really modeled off it's like it draws us references from like uh Fistful of Dollars trilogy, yeah, uh, and like and like, Purists no will name. say it's Purists will say it's a samurai film, and like, sure, like Westerns draw off of samurai films, but like, I'm not, I'm not Japanese, so like, like the what I was exposed to as a kid was like Westerns. Well, no, it wasn't. Wasn't that's what the most recent episode was, Pat? It literally was showing how it draws influences from both, because in the most recent episode, it was literally a samurai honor duel. And a Mexican standoff divided by yes. a wall, and it just kept cutting yes. between the two. And it's it, that's yes. that's just driving home. It's like, yeah, these are our influences. We know what our influences yeah. are. Isn't this yeah. badass? <laughs> it was super bad. It was super good. Yeah, it was super good. Um, Ian, in the, I had no idea that the directors were writing the stories. Like I, I thought it was all driven by Reddit. <laughs> Honestly, Reddit fanfics might come up with better storylines than were in eight and nine. Yeah, they were pretty bad. They were pretty bad. It was so weird. I don't know anything about it. It was, like so, it was so weird that they set up these side characters in eight, and like Finn got like Finn was like such a cool character in seven, and was just and done just so dirty, shafted, <laughs> just so dirty. And then like they introduced Rose in eight, and like she was cool, and you root for her, and then she's like in nine in like a in, as like a cut scene basically like she's in like this it was just it was bizarre man so uh but the mandalorian has really redeemed my my faith that disney can do star wars right it's been really good really really good yeah also uh the fact that uh uh what is it uh is it bill burnham the comedian huh? 
Who's the oh Bo Burnham? Bill, Bill Burr, Burr. Yeah, the fact that Bill Burr oh. is in uh, Mandalorian means that uh, yes, Space Boston is now canonical in, uh, yep. in Star Wars. It's, he he did nothing to affect like a different accent. He's like <laughs> he's, the, just, so he's just acting in the episode with just like the thickest Boston accent. So it's just like it's so I guess good. I guess it's Space so Boston good. exists if if this Space Boston this person has a Boston accent. So Space Boston must exist oh, somewhere in the Star Wars that's, universe. That's so awesome. <laughs> Wait, is it a cartoon? No, no, no. Or is it like action. really him? Yeah, live action. Ian, Ian, just Ian, just sell you that. on it. Uh, he cuts a guy in half in the first five minutes of the first episode. So with, it, with that little claymation guy, though, that's not a uh, Baby Yoda. That's not like that's a uh, robot. Oh, okay. So that, I was actually reading today that uh, that robot cost D- Disney five million dollars. The ba- the Baby Yoda robot's a five million dollar robot. <laughs> Interesting. I'm sure they'd like augment it with CGI here and there, but like that's an actual like thing that they use as a prop. Yeah. I feel like we're getting very loose with the definition of the word robot. Timothy Oliphant was awesome as the, as the marshal too. Yeah. Uh, He was so good uh, wearing Fett's armor. I can't tell you how fucking stoked I was to see Boba Fett's armor made it through the Sarlacc and like, (laughs) and then you see Boba Fett at the end of the episode. It was just like, Oh, it was uh, it was special. It was Pat's very just special dropping spoilers left and right over here. <laughs> listen, if you haven't seen it, like it's not my problem. Don't listen to this episode. I don't. Ca- I don't care. I don't care. I'm talking to my friends. Like this is this is getting released for nobody's benefit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't care. I don't care. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been awesome, man. I, I I highly recommend it. Highly recommend Mandalorian. So what are we doing with our fundraiser? Well, I know, I know, uh, uh, Jerry and I have been killing it. I, I've, I've barred you two from using the Facebook page to push your end because I know we're just going to crush you in donations. But um, yeah, we're. I think Jerry, we got the uh, the play mat tonight, right? The the, flip, yeah, the Delver play mat. You want to pull grave. it? How, well, first of all, have we done? Have we gotten enough donations? Should we run it for another week? No, I think we have. Because I know you said it was a little slow over the holiday weekend. So if we want to wait, we can always wait. But. Uh, but we also have a shit ton of other stuff to raffle off. And we do. We do. I want to make sure we get to them all. Uh, let's. Do yeah, I mean, we got. We got. We actually only have about four weeks, so that's a good point. Let's see. Ten, sixty, seventy. We got seventy-one entries. I think that's good. Okay. Um. All right. I'll go to. I'll go to random number generator. Uh. We have seventy-one entries. Yep. Seventy-one entries. All right. So I'll do one to seventy-one. I'm gonna generate. I'm gonna roll. I'm going to roll a D. Hold on. I have a D12 here. I'll roll a D12, and that'll be how many times I random number generate, and we'll take the 12th. We'll take whatever the, the last number is. So that's that's a – fuck, that's a 9. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit this random number generator nine times, and then we'll take the last one. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, so 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. 42. Lucky number 42. Bro, there's a Actually. mirror behind you. I know that you were just clicking on Minesweeper that whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely looked on my web. Yeah, like, you did look behind you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I show you this too? I Wait, can I, can I announce the winner? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about the winner first. Yeah, let's announce that. Jordan Woosley. Jordan, Jordan Woosley. Woosley. Awesome. 
So Jordan, going to get that out to you. Get me your address. And then I'm going to put up the next raffle. Uh, our friend Rich, Rich Spoolholes. I can, I'm sorry. Spoonholes? Spoonholes. Spool. I, I can never say anyone's name. Spoolhoos? Spoolhoos. <laughs> Rich sent in a uh, sneak and show starter pack to raffle off. It's oh, shit. Uh, three oh, Emmercools, two Grizzle Brands, uh, I think four Through the Breach, a World Spire Worm, and some other stuff that uh, you know go into sneak and show. So we're gonna get that pack ra- awesome. uh, raffled off. That'll be up on uh, the Facebook page. Awesome! That's great. Thank you very much, Rich. We appreciate it, man. Sure. Oh, yeah. So speaking of the Mandalorian, I think Ian, Ian might appreciate This is my Boba Fett. Science, uh, this is like uh, signed by Therese Nielsen. Oh, shit. So fucking, yeah, I got this framed. It's fucking sick. Dude, that is pretty dope. Yeah, she did, she did a great job on it. So I got the print off her from like years ago. That's the tattoo That's you have, right? Yeah, yeah. So I got like the Boba Fett, Django Fett on my forearm. And then I have um, I have the Mythosaur skull on my back that I got after my first my first MMA fight. Mythosaur? So yeah, yeah. It's like um it's like a it's like a skull. It's like a skull. It's a Star like Wars thing or no? Yeah, it's a Star Wars gotcha. thing. Yeah. It's it's yeah. Boba Fett's signet. Oh, okay. Uh it's not it's not a s I wouldn't call it a signet. Well it's the no, Mandalorian. It's, it's it, yeah, 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 yeah. So um but yeah, uh let's see. What else what you what else we got going on right now, man? We got anything else to talk about? There's not a whole lot, right? I mean, the, the like, I know it's so weird, man. These episodes have been so weird the last like three months, haven't man. they? <sighs> I feel like every week it's like, let's talk about anything but like magic online lists right now. You know, <laughs> it's like you know, it's like all there is to talk about, though, right? I know, like, but it's like the got... least interesting thing to discuss, right? I mean, for me at That's least, true. Like, there, there hasn't even been like the monthly like, hey, we got like a local five k coming up or or whatever. Or like the, there was this cool paper event somewhere. It's just every every week. It's like, hey, you know, still not playing anything in stores right now. And but. it's definitely a weird time if you're if you're a paper player, right? I mean, like I yeah. I consider myself a paper legacy player. Like I play Moto mostly to test for hypothetical paper events. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really a weird a weird time. I mean. Pat, you you mentioned selling off some cards. Like, is that is that what what it is? Yeah. So I'm not selling off anything from Blue Red Delver. I'll, I think I'll keep that until until the wheels fall off. But like, I'm I'm like I have a couple underground seas and some other stuff. Like, I have a bunch of uh, Japanese cards I got like in a mystery pack or whatever. So and some other singles that like, just that I've randomly opened over the last like two years. So I'm just trying to like slim down my magic collection because like I want to have. Kind of what I imagine you have, Ian, which is like you have Esper, like Esper Stoneblade deck, and then you have a bunch of Esper playables in a box. I want to have like a Blue Red Delver deck and then a bunch of Blue Red playables in a box, and then that's pretty much it. Like I used to have like, I guess I'd have a couple Underground Seas and I have other, you know, off-color fetches. So I got like put together a Grixis deck, but like I don't think I want to, I don't think I want to play that. So I'm just going to start selling off those those pieces. You know, the thing is though. I've noticed that uh, prices on dual lands and other staples have been increasing, though. Mm-hmm. Like, underground seas have been ticking up. Uh, Volcanic Islands have been ticking up. So people are buying these legacy staples, and I'm wondering if it's just commander players. It has to be. It because has to be. They're, pro- they're really the only ones. Like, commander players were probably the ones least affected by this whole thing. because They never played in know, the first place. <laughs> honestly like you say that but like that is true for us yeah. there 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 is like a non uh like non 
moot amount of players that buy magic cards and never use them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like Pat. Pat's a member of that group. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but no, like I mean, Ma- uh, commander players I think were least affected because you know if you're going to meet up with like a four man quad, you know there are still people who are willing to do that. You know, everyone yeah. wear a mask and they'll like they'll come over to their house or whatever. Yeah, and they play on on whatever it's called. They're in Moto too. Yeah. They're but also they're like Zoom equivalent. Yep. Yep. I feel bad. Yeah, we that. just had someone on last episode who was talking about it. Standby.com or something. Mm-hmm. Stand back, stand by. So. Whereby? Was it whereby? I don't know. That's what we're on right now. Tom, do you remember? <laughs> I don't. No. It definitely wasn't it definitely wasn't what you said. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just got it. That's that was awesome. Um <laughs> No, it's it's crazy, man. It's a scary time. Like I, I haven't sold really any cards since I mm-hmm. moved out here. But I also haven't like really even touched my cards since I've been out here. Yeah. Like it, it's just I, I'd already sold off a lot of stuff. Like what you were saying is basically correct, Pat. Like I have like I don't know somewhere between twenty and thirty dual lands. Not I don't have a full forty set anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I, I eventually just kept pruning stuff that I wasn't going to use. Like. Cards that just go in lands or cards that just right. go in whatever deck, you know. So yep. I can I can reasonably play any sort of like Delver deck or, or Stoneblade deck, but I don't have like a lot of the deck specific cards anymore. I know Tom was talking about doing something similar to that uh, a while ago. I don't know if he did it. Yeah, but now I just have so many cards to go through in no time. They've like they've just been sitting in a box, just like. Just what like what would you? What was the non-zero dollar amount you would pay for someone like go like someone like who was knowledgeable to go through your collection and like prune stuff for you and like sell it, list it, sell oh, it? Oh, I wouldn't because then you're paying like a like a ten or twenty yeah. percent like dealer fee to have somebody do that and like I can do it myself. I just need of to course have time. Yeah. I paid this just, kid um, Alex ten percent. Yeah, back in Boston. Yeah, but like ten 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 percent ten percent is still a lot when you're talking about. Like oh yeah, it, it was easily over three hundred bucks when you did it. Yeah, but it's like, but that's th- I'm I'm running the same thing. Like I don't want to have to keep was posting. He, was like, he selling it for you? Yeah, he sold it for me. Then I think ten percent is more than acceptable because I thought it was fine. You're, yeah. you're essentially doing that when you sell to a store's buy list. The store does it for you, and buy lists are going to be like thirty percent at best, if not fifty or sixty percent cut. So I would happily pay someone ten percent to like take my collection off my hands. Yeah, yeah well, dude, yeah. I I imagine he's still doing it. Our our friend uh, Freya set me up with this kid, and he was uh, nice. Very, very honest. Like, I, th- there was never a time when I thought that this person was not being completely forthright with me. And, uh, yeah, top, top, yeah, top I, marks. I imagine that's like a, uh, like, that's like a, um, a business where you have to be, like, really, you have to have a lot of trust in the person you're putting your cards, the hands you're putting, you know, who has their hands in your cards, so to speak. Yeah, because it turns into the real estate agent conundrum. Like real estate, exactly. Real estate agents uh, sell other people's homes twice as quick as they sell their own homes. You know, because real estate agents are all about turnover. They just want to get the job done as fast as possible, even if it means it's not for sure. the best price. Yeah, like the, so, they're not incentivized to get an extra. Like even though you might be incentivized, like as a seller, would really want them to get an extra fifteen grand for your property because the 
because the real estate agent is only making like a fraction of that, a percentage off that, it's not it like the actual like bump in in you know for an extra fifteen grand in your pocket is like say a you know hundred fifty dollars in their pocket. So it doesn't make sense for them to work that work extra hard to get fifteen grand for you, and it doesn't increase their. Yeah, that, I've I've heard that argument before. There was actually a study done in that as well as like yeah, it's from uh, Freakonomics. Yes, um, yeah, exactly. Yep. So it's pretty. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, your realtor doesn't work as nearly as hard for you as you think they should. But yeah, I mean that's interesting. That that's a uh, interesting business. I mean, because I have that. Like, I just have boxes of cards that I literally haven't touched since you know Theros was standard legal, mm-hmm. and it's just like it's just sitting under my bed. I might as well sell it off. Like, I wasn't even using these cards when there were tournaments to go to. <laughs> yep. Right. I'm saying like you could you could like someone could have a like that could that could be a side hustle. Someone like goes through your collection and like, hey, here's what I want to sell. They go they pick through it. They if they know what's gonna reasonably sell it at a decent like you know frequency they can list the stuff at a reasonable price and move it especially if they have good connections and they are well versed in like the facebook pages that actually move stuff versus the ones that don't like some facebook pages i think get so large they they can't reliably move things anymore because posts get posts go through so get get buried so quickly so yeah they get buried so quickly that it doesn't like there was a time when like sick deals when it was like you know it's at like over sixty thousand people now but like there was a time when like at sick deals you could you could put stuff on there and sell it like within hours you know and now now i feel like when i use the page it's like hard to get traction there unless you're really undercutting everyone else's prices yeah well the thing is you have to like uh, mess with the Facebook algorithms at that point where your post gets pushed to the top and recommended to people the more interactions they have with you. So like hmm. I've noticed that that it's the same people who really sell on those pages because the Facebook yeah. algorithms push their stuff to the top. Right, right. Um, but yeah, uh, it, so the thing is, so uh, at the end of the year, I have 12 days of vacation that I haven't used this year because, I mean, what am I going to use it on? Uh, with quarantine, so I have 12 days and I'm going to lose it otherwise, so I'm just going to take the last 12 days of December off work and my job that I told myself is that I was just going to organize and sell off all the magic cards that I haven't used in years and just, you know, keep my... Is this a hard time to sell magic singles? Like, it, it, is is, it? it is a hard time to sell, but also like it's not like prices are bottoming out. Like like we yeah. were saying before, like I think we have commander players to thank for that. And I know you guys like to shit on commander players and it, when it, it happens. It's not that but I like to shit on commander players. If it wasn't, players, it just, wasn't for them. I like, a bane on, the, on magic, you know. <laughs> so what you're saying is I don't like to shit on commander players. I just think they're terrible. <laughs> yeah, I think they're bad for the game. Yeah, yeah that buy in May, stay away pricing, it follows for magic though. Like the winter is not a bad time to sell cards in general. I'm ho- I'm hoping when that Biden stimulus comes in, I'm able to move these cards. I just want to get them out of here. <laughs> I mean, that was another thing. I know a whole bunch of people spent their uh, their uh, Trump money <laughs> on Magic cards. Yeah, yeah. I think tax tax return time is a pretty good time. To yeah, yeah that too. as well. I guess that's a few months. So I just have like I probably have like you know not a ton. Like you guys have a way larger collection than I I have ever had. But I probably have like between like some sealed stuff. And like some some other reserve list stuff and just some like Japanese stuff. I probably have like fifteen hundred dollars worth of stuff I can move out and like it's just I'd like to see that pay off like some bills and like just sit yeah, and not just use. do a great reset on your collection basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. I have a ton of decks that I like bought the pieces for and then I never finished and they've just been sitting in binders. Like I've had not, I had all of elves put together, but I never got Gaia's cradles. So I basically <laughs> have like the entire elf deck sitting in a binder. <laughs> Yeah. Right, you know, guys' cradles are like five hundred bucks now. Yeah, it's just it's disgusting. 
It doesn't even make sense. Like, but that is like driven by commander players because there aren't that many else players in the world. <laughs> like that, that guys, yeah, Cradle, guys, Cradle is very popular in commander right now. Yeah. Oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. That's driven straight by straight up by commander players. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no question. Sure. It, which also blows my mind that they just don't proxy all their cards. Like, <sighs> but for so for a format that bro. like there's no like there's no sanction games like. I don't understand why I like I know there are commander players that play with proxies, but I don't understand why it's not more prevalent. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. It is cool to have the real cards, man. Like, it definitely feels way better to have the real cards over a proxy. So maybe that's just it. Like, but eh, I think it depends on the proxy. Like, if you have really well made proxies, like if you had like proxy guy proxies, I'd run proxy guy proxies over some of the real cards. Not me. What about Adrian Avant proxies? Yeah, <laughs> do you have any of those? I do have some Adrian Avant proxies actually in my uh, in my cube. I I do too, but all my Grizzle brands have MAGA hats. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Pat, we would have gotten in trouble if we met back in the cartel days, bro. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk? What what was that that Chapin tweet? <laughs> I don't know. I think Chapin's just feeling himself too much. A little bit. It's funny to watch people like one by one go off their rockers with this fucking quarantine. <laughs> is this like, I don't give a fuck anymore. It's all out. <laughs> is this our instance? This is our instance of going off the rocker? No, I think he's talking about Chapin specifically, but yes. I, I mean, <laughs> clearly, clearly I've been phoning it in since fucking March, Cherry. Like, <laughs> everyone knows. Everyone knows. Oh. But I can't. I can't wait to get back to our first tournaments, man. Have you talked to Michelle lately? Any of you? Yeah, actually, I went to gaming, etc. for Black Friday. Oh shit! Yeah. How was that? How was the store? It was good. Store looks great. You know, talking with Michelle, she's. I mean, obviously, it's really hard right now. You know, stores everywhere trying to figure out. You know, how to stay open. Um, but you know, I. When, that's why I went down to Black Friday, you know, get down to your stores, guys, and just spend some money just to help them out. Uh, so I bought, like, some, uh, some like, Warhammer paint supply stuff because I've been uh, doing a lot of 3D printing lately, and I mm-hmm. wanted uh, to paint some of it. You're playing Warhammer? No, I'm not playing Warhammer, but my 3D printer prints stuff, and then I want to, like, you know, paint the models that the, my 3D printer prints. Oh, gotcha. Um. But yeah, no, Star Star looks great. I mean, it's weird seeing it without any tables. Yeah. Oh right, yeah they t- they took they took them all out. Yeah, that's weird. Huh. Yeah, I feel bad. I, obviously, I haven't been there in a long time. But the the last day I was there was the day we took all the tables down. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, I just, dude, I just want. I'm really hoping by like March or April we get back to even if it's just local to, lo- local stuff. I, I I would clear my schedule to go play like a fucking F and M at this point, you know what I mean? Like so bad and Well that's what we're talking about is the hope is that you know when it is safe and the vaccine's proven and people, you know, have it, um, that we're hoping there's just gonna be like a huge resurgence. Like it's gonna be one of those like you didn't know what you had until you missed it type of yeah, deals and all definitely. These, you know, even people who didn't usually didn't go to F and M will start going to F and M for a while just because I'm- they, they missed it. I mean, we were spoiled around here. We had so many, like, legacy events. Like, I didn't feel the need to hit all of them up, you know, on a consistent basis. And now, like, that you can't do it, you feel it for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Do, do we think that there's going to be, like, a, a wristband to show you have, like, you have to have your, your vaccine certificate to attend public events? You think that's going to happen? 
I guarantee in the magic community it'll happen. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Where is where is oh you know, I was just making a joke that's gonna be canceled, but yeah, where's your um where's your sticker, where's your vaccine cert, right? Like there was that uh Like we we can't we can't get everybody to regularly wash their hands at events <laughs> coming out of the bathroom. Like we're not gonna get an event where everybody's vaccinated. Yeah, Come on. That's true. That's true. There was that uh, hoax that went around with Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster was selling concert tickets again, but you had to send them proof of vaccination. <laughs> and Ticketmaster obviously like came out and said, "Yeah, that's not real. We are not. Uh, we are not doing this." Yeah. But um, yeah, it is. It is going to be interesting. Are you going to be? Are you going to be first in line to get the vaccine, Jerry? No. Are you going? Are you going ass cheek first, right to dude, the doctor's office, dude? I told you, I told you, like not even an hour ago, that I put it at a forty percent chance that we end up in an I am legend situation, where everyone <laughs> who gets the vaccine turns turns into a vampire. Yeah, I'll, this is I'll literally the plot it. of I am legend. They come out with a vaccine for the flu, and it's not tested properly. And, oh, right, that's when I made the socialist joke. That's and I everyone yeah, turns yeah. into a vampire because because yeah. of it. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, but no, I mean, it's going to be like the TSA, where like just just the fact that it exists make it makes everyone feel safer and things will be back to normal. Like just the fact that it's out there, people are like, oh, we're we're good now. There's a vaccine. Well, that's an interesting not. analogy. Yeah. I hope not, because if we do that when people aren't actually vaccinated yet, it's just going to cause a huge spike in you know everyone dies before the vaccine gets. Well, it's like it's release. like the TSA. Like everyone knows, like they actually don't do much to to make make you safe at the airport. They're just hasn't been like a determined person to blow up an airplane since 9-11. So like they haven't deterred any, any real terrorism, but just the fact that they exist makes people feel better, I guess. I think and that's inconveniences a gr- people. I think that's a gross oversimplification. What about like shoe bomber guy? Like there's plenty of cases where TSA is like caught, uh, actual like terrorist incidents. So you've named one in 19 years. All right. I'm going to Google it. <laughs> I, I I would be. No, I would be really because I think if that was actually like a regular occurrence, we'd hear stuff. But like I have friends who work in the TSA and and I from the stories I've seen about the TSA, it never seems like it's uh, extremely effective. It's just one of those things where like the 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 presence of it makes people feel apparently what I guess would have the effect of feeling safer. Yeah, for sure. It's like when you go into Gillette, like you go into Gillette and they give you the pat down, you know, on your way in. And it's like some some 90 year old man, like waving like a wooden stick over your hip. It's like there's no way they actually stop anyone from carrying. Like if you want to. I have a real funny story about that, actually. Okay. Yes. Last time I went to a Jets game, it was Jets Dolphins. It was like a Sunday night game. Ooh, Battle of the Titans. (laughs) It was a while ago. And. uh, Yeah. One of my – our fourth ticket, like it was three of us and we didn't have a fourth and we had four tickets. So mm-hmm. one of my roommate – my best friend – I was living with my best friend at the time and one of his coworkers came with us who we didn't really know. And we were sitting there. It was like the third quarter. We we're sitting in the stands. He's like, oh, shit. I have my gun on me. Uh-huh. We're like, what? And he just had a fucking piece on his ankle, dude. He's like, I can't believe I got in here with this. Like at a at a we're like you know five yards off or five seats back from the field at a major yeah. sporting event. He's just got a fucking handgun. Yep. I mean, I've I've been I've traveled to magic events where where a person's gone into a GP with a with a with a pistol. Like we all have, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, like I mean, that person was you, also hey, that person was also a police officer, though. No, they weren't. Yeah, uh, formerly. No. Former, okay, retired police officer. Listen, listen, I have no problem with it. I have no problem with people like like carrying um, a firearm wherever, like honestly, wherever they go. I can't think of a place where I would think that 
they'd be safer without one or people would be safer without one. But I, I just thought, I think it's interesting that like, you know, like I said, there's a pat down when you walk into Gillette, but like what they're not, there's, it literally just employs like a bunch of people to do like basically nothing, like just to, to slow your entrance into the, into the game. It's kind of wild. That's all. I think, I think a lot of the measures that we take uh, are meant to make us feel better, but I think their effect, their efficacy is dubious at best. We'll put it that way. I don't know, man. I don't know if you guys want to get into it, but the the sort of like imperialistic aspect of of the vaccine, like the uh, there's a quote that Adrian used to say that that I particularly liked, which was like, "My freedom ends like one inch from your face." Mm-hmm. And like the uh, the sort of like you have to to get the vaccine even if you don't care if you get it because you're going to kill me or whatever even though mm-hmm. I have it is is a really awkward space right like mm-hmm. when you when you combine it with our typical uh like liberty right as is supposed to mean and I understand like what the fuck is our constitution anymore like we we mm-hmm. have these these lockdowns and these sort of uh restrictions that can just be placed by the governors so yeah. it's it's kind of like it's not even lawmakers doing this it's like it's it's, it's executive branch members just yeah yeah just like taking like making executive yeah it is it is kind of a weird spot right and like there's no avenues to like dispute that as like a citizen well right. there's nothing in the constitution saying they can't explicitly they can't they can't house soldiers in our house mm-hmm. you know there's no quartering of military in our house but they're not doing that there's nothing in the constitution saying that they can't quarantine for the safety of the citizens well there's freedom yeah. to assemble yeah i mean you have you you have the right to assemble yeah like the supreme court ruling on the uh the church yeah. services that just got that uh that just got upheld like like i i obviously i understand that but like that that whole thing where we're talking about this vaccine and everybody is like, oh, well, they can't make it mandatory. Like, there are a lot of people that really fucking want to get this vaccine. And if you don't want to fucking get it because you don't want the government to tell you you have to get a shot, then don't mm-hmm. fucking go get it. But don't be like, don't bring this whole, like, government overreach thing into a vaccine being developed when, like, I think a majority of people actually want to get it and get yeah. back yeah. to normal. So I feel I feel Yeah, like don't get me wrong. Like I don't want to be like the first ones in line for the vaccine until it's proven, but like once it's proven safe and effective, you know, I would definitely get the vaccine. It, it's interesting though because there are no there will there will be no long-term studies on this vaccine until it's been administered to tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of people, right? Like there is no two to five year long-term study on the effects of the vaccine, which there won't be any long-term studies anyway. It's it's the same as with the flu vaccine, really. Yeah. I mean, it's an MRNA vaccine. So like, it's probably out of my, again, I'm uh, an idiot. So my understanding is like out of all the ways you can develop a vaccine, like a messenger RNA vaccine or like the most, uh, the least likely to have or have any like like serious side effects like neurological side effects or anything like that but um it is interesting that like there will you will like like Ian said there will never be a long-term study on this vaccine you know before it's administered to possibly hundreds of millions of people so but you know i mean it's gonna be what's gonna be Uh, honestly if it if someone said hey if you get this if 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 40 percent of americans get this vaccine uh in january and in February, we're going to fucking get back to life as normal. I'd be one of the people who like is like, yeah, sign me up. I'm 35. I've lived long enough. Like, what's the worst going to happen? I'm <laughs> strong. I'm pretty fucking strong. Yeah, for uh, 
I am legend vampires. I feel that's, I feel like I feel like Americans have been asked to do a, a hell of a lot more in times of need than we've been asked, you know? So I think uh I think it's a small a small ask in the grand scheme of things. I wasn't drafted into to go fight and fucking the front line in World War II, so I think I could take a vaccine. Yeah, I like how people are all about government overreach when it comes to like getting a, a life saving vaccine, but are totally fine with like the draft. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's that's the right of a government to force you to go kill other people in another country, <laughs> but you know, forcing you to get medicine is is somehow controversial. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's kind of weird, man. It's a it's a weird like it's a weird space that it exists in, right? Like the vaccine yeah. debate. Like I'm, I'm fine if you think the if the vaccine is government overreach, as long as that logic follows through. That it's also government overreach to just draft you and throw you into a war somewhere because, mm-hmm. like, the fact that one of those is okay and the other isn't, just I can't make that that mm. you know. It's hard. It's connection. hard to parse that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, see I think we're well, at least forty years out from any real draft relevant debate, right? <laughs> like this is more of like a historical hey argument i i don't actually get that i'm a kamala warrior okay i'm just kamala. saying I, I don't think that there's a there's gonna be a draft anytime soon right yeah yeah most likely no i mean, I yeah, mean unless robots it's, unless it's to fly unless, yeah, unless, unless to fly the vaccine drones. Unless the vaccine causes I am legend vampires and then they well, have to the, have a draft the arm, like the, 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 the armed services yeah. will be the first people to get the vaccine. Well, they'll be like among the first to get the vaccine. They are like, like absolutely. the armed services uh, are always some of the first like always like highly vaccinated. Uh, health healthcare healthcare workers. No, 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 I know, but I'm saying like um No, like, I actually you just gave me a brilliant idea, Pat. Uh we have a mandatory draft. So everyone gets drafted into the army, and then as a soldier, you have to get vaccines. <laughs> so that way, <laughs> we have a mandatory vaccination of the country, but it's because they're all soldiers. Wow. Wow. Jerry's gone, Jerry's gone full autocrat. Solved it. <laughs> yeah. Solved it. All right. Solved all right. It. Are we, we going to wrap it up here? I, th- I think I'm having fun with your cherries. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Tom, Ian, thanks for coming on this week, guys. Uh, please check out the dead format. Uh, I mean, I can probably do your internet handles, but if if, if you guys want to do them, I think that's even better. Yeah. Uh, at Ian18125 on Twitter. Dead format cast. You can find me at T-Spot. Oh, dead format cast at gmail.com. Yeah, you can find me. <laughs> You can find me. At you guys get a lot of. You guys get a lot of emails. Follow the cast. You guys get a lot of emails, bro. We're drowning in fucking emails. Yeah, <laughs> that's at least like... at least one a month. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, is that because you give it as like your throwaway email whenever some website asks you for a web uh, an email address to continue? We actually do get a lot of those. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we get we get a couple emails a month of people saying. It's like this weird, like, um, bot email that's like, hey, my name is Christina, whatever. I'm a social media influencer at website name. I've listened to your latest post. And <laughs> yeah. It's so bizarre, man. Yeah, we get those a couple times a month. Christina Hoff Summers. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, yeah, so, all right. Yeah, so get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, I mean. Well, Go ahead, Rav. No, 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 please go. No, 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 it's gonna... not my cast, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like step on your toes right no, now. No, please, 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 please. 
was going to say, man, at, at the end of the day, you know, we all have to brush our teeth and, uh, well, me, Pat, and Tom have to brush our teeth and look in the mirror. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> we, we have to uh, make our own decisions on the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> Apparently, I don't have teeth is what I gathered from that. <laughs> Not after that volcano, bro. <laughs> Jerry's just fucking it's like a it's like a construction bag like you ever buy like the construction demo bags or like 60 gallon bags that's what Jerry just took to the face it was pretty impressive I'm gonna send to our group chat I, I at first I wasn't sure what it was and I was like did he have some like really good <laughs> and he was like trying to relive the smell of I was get like, that last what? piece out what is what is going on has one kernel left yeah, Jerry, Jerry's there was going... there was one night at a party where I I just took the bag off and didn't put the mouth the like the the suck piece on. I just put the metal up to my mouth. Oh, and, and it, it melted and stuck to my lips. So I'm gonna send the picture to the group chat because it's yes. so disgusting. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, check out the Facebook page for the latest uh, raffles for the uh, the Room to Grow charity <laughs> drive that we're doing. Um, I love that segue, Pat. <laughs> Ian, Ian, Ian and Tom. Listen, it's getting late. I got to get up early. So Ian and Tom, thank you guys for coming on, man. It's always awesome to have you. Uh, if you haven't, if you don't listen to the dead format, I don't know what you're doing because you shouldn't. You should prioritize them over us because it's a much better podcast. Uh, I definitely listen to them every week and I don't listen to this show. So that should tell you a little bit about where it's at. Uh, Jerry, you can find him at JME3RD. Don't look for me on Twitter. I don't go on there anymore. It's a cesspool. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's it. Do you got anything else, Jerry, before we get out of here? Scoops, I guess. Yeah. We can do scoops. Scoops. Do we have scoops or do we want to just get the hell out of here? You got scoops, Jerry? Um, no. All right, that's it. That's the week. That's a that's a week ending. I like it. <laughs> Thank, thanks again for coming on, guys. It was awesome to talk to you, bro. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. Fuck yeah, dude. 